Hello and welcome to the Agape Leaders Podcast. This week, we have a chat with Dr. Greg May. As always, I'm so excited to be in here with you today to share with you, continuing on this series we have. Uh, the past few weeks, we have done Seek, we have done Serve. This week, we will do Share. Now, next week, we have a guest, uh, really all of next week, the Monday Motivation, or Monday Motivation, we haven't done that in a while, the podcast on Monday, we have a guest who is a young lady who is a part of the Miss Florida organization. Next week is Miss Florida week, and so I will also do a Word Wednesday honoring Lindsay Bettis, Miss Florida, and Ashna Shaw, Miss Florida's team, as they will be giving up their crowns. They will, on Saturday, June the 24th, they will crown two new title holders. And so I'm excited for that. I will have an opportunity to participate in that organ with that week. And so I want to honor those young ladies. For those of you who are not familiar with that organization. I encourage you to check them out, but I don't want to belabor that here. Just know that next week we will have a guest on the podcast and the following week we will finish this four-part series with sin. And so let's get started. This week we're going to dive into the topic of sharing. But we're not only going to talk about sharing Christ in as much as going and telling people, here is Christ, let me tell you what he did for me in my life. We are also going to talk about sharing in Christ's suffering. That's something that we don't talk about very often here in our country. But I do want to talk a little bit about that so that we have a better understanding of what it is to be a Christian. I think as I look around and I see so many people going against God, saying there is no God, and saying things like, if God was love, then why does he allow these other things to happen? And that is a very American Christian mindset. Because we are so focused on the freedoms that we have as Christians in America that we forget that there are Christians all around the world who don't have what we have. And I don't want to name countries and things, not that people are listening to this podcast, but just for security and safety purposes. But understand there are people who live in very highly impoverished and dangerous places, yet they are sold out for Christ. And we'll get into that a little bit uh, later. But I want to go into the word immediately, and I want us to kind of hear from Jesus Christ as recorded in the book of Matthew. And I'm starting at, oh, I'm, I'm in the wrong I am starting at verse 16, but that was chapter 20. <laughs> Let's go to Matthew chapter 28, 
And I'm down at verse 16, and it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Real quick side note, if you said eleven, I thought there were twelve. Remember, at this point, Judas has committed suicide. It says, When they saw him, Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this is Jesus telling us we must go share him. So as we are going, this is what it says, therefore go. It's talking about as you are going in your daily life, share Christ. And Mark records the same thing. Now, now you will find if you go into the book of Mark, you will find that as we get to around verse 9 in chapter 16, there are some manuscripts who don't have these verses. But we're reading these verses because there are manuscripts that do have them. And so uh, let's read what's here. It is not going to contradict anything that has been put out. And it says, Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so and he goes on to say more. I would encourage you to go in there and read that yourself. But this is Jesus Christ telling us we must share him. And so that is a non-negotiable. But here's the thing. And, and I'm not going to go deep into this part because I have an entire podcast episode on John 4. But here's the thing. We must be willing to share outside our comfort zone. And what do I mean by that? Go into the book of John and read John chapter 4, verses 1 through 42. Now, I've had an episode on the podcast, and you can go back and take a look at it. I think I called it Lessons from John chapter 4. But I break it down where Jesus is speaking to this Samaritan woman. And so you have Jesus as a Jew speaking to a Samaritan. That should not have been. You have Jesus as a man speaking to a woman who was not his wife, alone with her. That should not be the case. We see that very much so here in our society and the American culture, the American Christian culture. And then finally, we see Jesus Christ, a deity, God, incarnate in the flesh, interacting with a woman who had five husbands and was with a man that was not her husband. So a woman who would be considered promiscuous even in that day and definitely in this day and age, and Jesus was with her. So that's three areas 
that Jesus should have not been with her alone talking to her, but he did. And this is what I'm talking about. We need to be willing to share outside our comfort zone. You know, we're talking about witnessing and I have to be very careful what I say because I don't want to break the law. But a while ago, I was a juror on a trial and I won't go any go into any specifics so that what I'm saying can just be left vague. But I'm going to be honest with you. As a juror, a juror's responsibility is to be presented the facts and then to make it and then make a decision based on the facts that were presented. And so we were presented facts by two attorneys. And I will tell you that those attorneys did not do a good job. They I think from their perspective, they thought they were doing a good job. But the reality is, they didn't do a very good job. So the prosecution is supposed to make their case so that it's ironclad, so that the jury has no choice but to come back with a guilty verdict. And the defense's job is to shoot holes into the prosecuting attorney's kind of testimony or their case. When I tell you, and, and I'm just keeping it real, <laughs> when I tell you that the verdict that we gave came almost 100% because of what the defense attorney said. The defense attorney said, my client is guilty of this thing. My client is guilty of this thing. Of course, if the defense attorney is saying that his client is guilty and the evidence points at that and the prosecution is saying, we believe that this person is guilty, well, it makes it easy for the jury to come up with a guilty verdict. And the areas where the defense was saying, no, she did not, she is not guilty of this, the prosecution did a very poor job of making their case. And so I found it interesting because now here I can take that example. I was on the jury. Well, think of the jury as the person you are sharing Christ to. I was on the jury. So it was the prosecution attorney's responsibility to show me why this person was guilty of the crime as a sharer of Christ. It is your responsibility to help people know why Jesus Christ is real and why he's Lord of your life. And so when we talk about sharing Jesus, this is something that is non-negotiable. We are responsible to share him, and watch this, we must share him well. 
We cannot be like that prosecution prosecuting attorney who really did a poor job of showing us why that person was guilty. As a Christian, we must show people why Christ was real, is real. And we can use the evidence from our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is real. He is alive. He is at work today in the form of his Holy Spirit. I can't even tell you the number of times where things have happened in my life and I'm like, oh, hey, I need to go do this. Hey, I need to talk to this person. And I know it's the Spirit of the Lord because I'll send somebody a text message or an email or I'll knock on their door or I'll say something and it'll be the exact right thing that they needed in that moment at that time. I didn't come up with that on my own, but it's just being obedient to the Holy Spirit. This is how we share Jesus Christ. You have to be ready. You need to be getting up early in the morning and reading your Bible. I'm telling you, for me, getting up early is the key. I tried doing it at night, and I've said it on this podcast. It did not work. If you want to share Christ effectively, I want to encourage you, get up in the morning, read your Bible, allow the Lord to send you out, because I'm telling you, as you go out each day, God is sending you. Let me say that again. As you go out each day, God is sending you. It's not a question of whether or not God is sending you. The question is, will you share him? Like Jesus did in John 4. Will you not worry about being in the right situation? When you trust God, he'll take care of you. He will take care of you. You can't go doing things on your own. But if you trust God, he will take care of you. I want to talk about sharing Christ's suffering. This is something that we, if if we're being honest, here in our country, in America, we really don't like to talk about sharing in Christ's suffering because we want to be, we want to be people who, hey, I'm American. I got my freedoms. I got this. I got that. And so when it comes to suffering, we pick and choose some really weak things to say that we're being persecuted. Watch this. I'm in Philippians chapter three. I'm going to read verses seven through 11. And it says, but who, but whatever were gains to me, I, Paul, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation 
in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Did you catch that? Paul writes, yes, to, I want, he says in verse 10, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. And, and we're not saying, oh yeah, we want to just go run out there and, and suffer. But if we're suffering, if it's righteous suffering, if it's not something that we're doing, but that we're just following Christ and we're living for the Lord, and in that process, in that time, persecution comes, suffering comes, well then we need to be able to say, so be it. But that doesn't mean that you go run out there, try to find you some things to make you suffer. That isn't what God is talking about. Watch this. I'm over in Romans 8 at verse 14 through 17. Watch this. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, watch this, we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. Now, we always want to share in the glory, but nobody wants to share in the sufferings. But there's going to be times in your life where you're going to, you're going to suffer. And I want to encourage you, suffer well. Allow God to take you through and to be built up and to do some things that maybe you otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Now, I have a book in my hand, and it's called The Insanity of God, A True Story of Faith Resurrected. It's written by Nick Ripkin with a guy named Greg Lewis. I was going to read pages 155 through 158. That's a good amount of reading. It's a great uh, story, but I'm not going to read that. I'm going to share a little bit of it, just talk to you through it, and then I'm going to get us out of here. In this book, there is a man who was imprisoned in Russia for 17 years. His name, the name used in the book is Dmitri. And every day, Dmitri would get up in the morning and he would sing a heart song for Christ. And he would be beaten for that. And every chance he got, he would write, if he got a little slip of paper, he would write scripture, he would write songs, he would put it up in a portion of his cell and he used that as kind of his altar to the Lord. It was his offering to the Lord. Now he's in prison because he's a Christian. And one day he got to his breaking point and he was ready to say, he was ready to denounce Christ. And so it was gonna happen the next day. 
So he's in his cell. And when he was in his cell, the spirit of the Lord showed him his wife, his children, his family. And here's what happened. The people had told him that his wife was dead, that his family had died. And the Holy Spirit that night supernaturally showed him that his family actually was not dead and that they were praying for him. So the next day when the guards came in, he said, I'm not signing anything. And of course, they, they beat him. And uh, as, as he was out, you know, and they were, they were you know, beating him, there was 1,500 prisoners. I think that's the number they used. 1,500 prisoners in that prison all started singing the song that he sang in, in his uh, each day. They all started singing the song that he sang each day. And here he was, you know, worried about, you know, whether or not he was going to, to be killed, you know, for his faith. And, you know, am I even making a difference? And sure enough, all of those men were singing the song that Dimitri normally sang. I'll read that little part. Dimitri was dragged from his cell as he was dragged down the corridor in the center of the prison. The strangest thing happened. Before they reached the door leading to the courtyard, before stepping out into the place of execution, they're going to kill him. 1,500 hardened criminals stood at attention by their beds. They faced the east and they began to sing. And, and this is Rip, Nick, Nick Ripken telling the story. He says, Dimitri told me that it sounded to him like the greatest choir in all human history. 1,500 criminals raised their arms and began to sing the heart song that they had heard Dimitri sing to Jesus every morning for all those years. In that moment, Dimitri's jailers instantly released their hold on his arms and stepped away from him in terror. One of them demanded to know, who are you? Dimitri straightened his back and stood as tall and as proud as he could. He responded, I am a son of the living God and Jesus is his name. And the guards returned him to his cell and sometime later, Dimitri was released and returned to his family. Are you willing to suffer for Jesus Christ? Dimitri suffered for Jesus Christ and he suffered well. The question is, are you willing to suffer for him? So I have a challenge for you. As you go about your life this week, Here's the challenge. I want you to pay attention to how often you share Christ this week, either by your words or your deeds, what you do. You may not even tell the person, but it is your way of sharing Christ. And I want you to, to write it down, write in a journal. 
the whole week, just write at the end of the day, write down, even if it's just on a sheet of paper, write down each day how you shared Jesus. And then at the end of the week, I want you to sit down with what you have written and search your heart and answer this question. How has this challenged challenge shaped my faith in Christ? How has this challenge shaped my faith in Christ? Because we are called to share. That's non-negotiable. We know that. The question is, are we sharing him and in his suffering? Well, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and then I'm going to get us out of here. Father, in the name of Jesus. This is a hard one. We know we need to share Christ. And we know we need to be willing to share in his sufferings. And here in America, that can be difficult because the things that we feel we're being persecuted are probably not persecution. It can be difficult to find quote unquote persecution in our country. And so maybe what we need to do is serve well and pray for those who are being persecuted. What a great need we have, Lord, to share you with others and to be willing to share well in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Will you help us with that? Lord, I'm praying for this listener. I'm praying for their needs, Lord God. I join them as they seek you, Lord God. I join them and pray that you would allow them to see you, Lord God, that you would speak into their heart, that you would speak into their life, and that you would propel them forward to do all that you've called them to do. We need you, Lord. This person needs you, Lord. As always, Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, that's all we have for this week's Agape Leaders Podcast. Until next time, you have a blessed week.